Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, 100% sober, by the way, Nick, accompanied by The Questionable. I'm your host who's um, questionably <laughs> sober. <laughs> my, na- my name is Josh. Dude, yeah, it's been a minute. How's it going? Pretty good. It was my birthday, and I said F the world and ran off, and then you couldn't find me until the cops found me in the woods. With I that do. Deer. I, I remember that vividly. I'm, I didn't know if you wanted to share that with the listeners, and I'm well, glad did. you did. And I'm yeah. glad you did. Um, I did the thing. I went feral. It was nice. You you turned into feral Wolverine when he yeah. had, you know, no when he only had the bone claws. Yeah, um, yeah, I, it was cool. I, I'm I'm you. I'm glad you went through that journey, and I'm glad you're sharing it with the listeners. So welcome back to civilization. Thank you, thank you. Uh, when I came back, I did have a wonderful gift waiting from my best bro over here. Oh, did it you? What, what was that? Now, did you read the? Oh, did you read the card too from the Amazon one? Like like on the like on the receipt thing or whatever i oh i didn't even notice that yeah i put happy birthday to my best friend and the best podcast partner a bro could ask for oh i didn't even notice that thank you um it was funny because my dad got the package first and he's like what the hell is in this it's so heavy it's so heavy because what is it it is the complete collection of the phoenix saga in beautiful hardcover um, this is one of the best omnibuses I it, I, I own. It's it truly gorgeous. is. It is gorgeous. Like every time I open it and start reading, I'm just like the transfers are so fucking good. They're so yeah. fucking good. Really nice. Um, but yeah, it's cool. It's uh the Phoenix Volume One for anyone listening. Uh, that is basically what we'll be covering when we eventually reach our hundredth episode. Um. We will. There are. There's like some extras in there. We won't be covering yeah. those. We'll be covering no. the uncanny, the uncanny portions of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it, and I'm glad your dad didn't like <laughs> just throw it away because it was too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it on the porch till I got back home. <laughs> yeah, they got um, blown away. <laughs> so other than that, not much going on. You know, I'm just a little bit older now, living a little life. bit older. Um, I, I can share one thing that's new too, along oh, with the Phoenix and our upcoming hundredth episode. We got an email from an awesome fan out there, so thank you to I believe it's Shea, and if I'm still mispronouncing it, again I am very sorry. Um, but Shea sent us a wonderful email about uh, how much they enjoy our podcast, which is really cool. But they also shared that they do like art and they commissioned their art and i gotta say i looked at their art and it's pretty fucking good pretty goddamn like you good. looked at it right like it's, yes, it's pretty fucking good shea sent me their uh their commission rates too and people if you want some art done shea one i say this well right you need to charge more you you are you're very talented and those are low commission rates but charge more uh, after we have a conversation with you I, I, i've art we'll pay we, we pay we pay our artists here unlike uh some places um, but if anybody wants to check their art out, uh, go on Instagram. It's S E Y E underscore art, just the word art, A R T. So that's where you can find Shea's work. So thank you for listening, Shea. And thank you, Shea's friend, for suggesting that they listen to us. That's fucking rad. That's what everyone should be doing. What I tell that's everyone, what you tell these people to do. But see, every time Shea didn't have to grab. No, he. This person, I believe it was a he. I think Shea said it was he. But this person did not have to physically assault anybody. Didn't that's have to. Fine. It's not as exciting, but it's fine. 
be that as it may. <laughs> thank you, Shea, and thank you to your friend. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, not much in X Men news. I mean, we have a lot to talk about today with these four books recovering. That's right. Like, Last time we were so all animated series because we weren't ready to return to the world of of six one six and uh... not of the fall. And I have, I'd say, ninety five percent positive things. There's a little few criticisms I gotta give. I but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um. Really? So before we get there, though, there's been a lot of rumblings and rumors in the MCU, even though the writer's strike is still happening and the SAG strike is still happening. You know, these corporations are still planning stuff behind the scenes. We just found out apparently there's going to be a season two of She-Hulk, which I'm actually totally for. Yeah. Even though the main actress talks shit about the owner of Disney, which he is a piece of shit. So whatever. I mean, She-Hulk herself went and fought Kevin Feige at the end of the actual show. So, I mean, like, yeah, it all lines up. She's just staying in character, really. Yeah. Um, but also, there's been a lot of rumors that when they do Secret Wars... So, basically, let me go back a little bit. Allegedly, they can't cast new main X-Men because those contracts aren't up until 2025. Is this, like, official or is this just... It rumor? seems, like, vaguely official. Like, that's a thing. I mean, it does based on the what content they are putting out yeah like i don't think they're i mean obviously for nostalgia they want patrick stewart and they want hugh jackman and everyone but i also think it's contracts yeah because 100 if it wasn't contracts they would have been trying to cast some motherfuckers by now yeah at least casting people like there would have so, been a like a, a fucking a, a remy lebeau just happened to walk by on on Ms. Exactly. Marvel or some shit you know what i mean yeah so i think that has to do with it but also the movie itself, Secret Wars, when it happens, the big rumor is it's going to reboot Marvel. So I think that's how we're going to have mutants in the main Marvel MCU universe. I said universe twice. Um, I think it's like when people say pin number <laughs> or DC Comics. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. But um, I, I think that's how they're going to do it. I think whatever happens in Secret Wars, because allegedly... They've already talked to Hugh Jackman. He's going to be in it. Allegedly, they've talked to Andrew Garfield. He's going to be in it. Like, they're doing Secret Wars, the modern version. They're going to do multiversal shit. I think it's going to reboot the whole universe, but also wipe out and reintegrate the Fox. Not just Fox, but the mutant canon, mutant universe. I think that's how we're going to get mutants. Because honestly, it's kind of hard any other way. I can't imagine any other way. I and like and and I hope I hope it's not like oh all the fox things happened. Like no, I think like, it's just clean. I, let's slate. just start again. Let's just yeah. start again. Like now there are things called there are people called mutants in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a little theory would, of mine. I would I would truly be fine cuz that would allow them to it would it would give them the perfect way to finally be able to recast a new Tony, get a new captain. Yeah, if they want to, yeah. I mean, they're gonna want to. They're not gonna want like dude, it's Marvel IP. Like, I know everyone thinks they're gonna build to this young Avengers thing and that Miss Marvel is one of the best selling comics out there. But people like people are gonna go to the X-Men and Batman are the number ones all the time because all they're time, the fucking yeah. hits. They're the fucking well, it's hits, like man. uh Tom McFarlane, he makes the DC universe figures, and I have my issues with McFarlane's figure line, everything. I have but... my issues with McFarlane. Isn't he kind yeah. of like a douchebag? He's a douche, yeah. But 
I guess when he say. when he says know. people go like every other week you're making a new Batman figure. Why? He's like, cause it sells. Same with Marvel Legends. People give him shit for making so many Iron Mans and Wolverines, but guess what? People are buying them. They move. Yeah, that's what it is. Like I'm shocked, and the the figure I sent you, I think for your birthday maybe, or just randomly, uh, the Chamber figure. Yeah, I think it was for my birthday. Yeah, they're never going to make a Chamber figure again. No, this is the one and only, and I'm very glad I have it. And now that yeah. I've like put that put them up on like this little shelf thing, I need I, I've got Chamber and Jubilee hanging out up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that itch. Get that figure. I got to get. I got to I got to do it, man. I got to get these. Uh, other I got ones, you. But... I got. I'll keep you up to date. What else? So you got to. You got to let me know. So I need a skin. Do they? They never made a skin, right? No, but if you want obscure people, they made Maggot. Well, and we see him in one of these books later. Right, we do, but he's not a Jedi. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking. Um, so basically, what I want on this shelf right here, listeners, I'm pointing to a wall in my in my office. <laughs> um, I want the the original Gen X team. So I want Monet, Jubilee, Skin, Sink, Chamber. Um, I think, I think that's the team, and then Banshee and Emma. So they have a they have Emma. They have really a few nice. Emmas, no? They have a handful of Emmas, and uh, Monet was in the same wave as as Chamber. We got a penance out there anywhere? No. Oh, that'd be a cool one. Yeah, not yet, at least. Um, but no, there's an Emma. There's no skin yet. That would be. Can you? That's they make that. <laughs> that's gonna be wild. How do you do that? Well, thankfully, I, but see, I, here's the thing. I had uh, honestly, I could build that team because I had a skin action figure when I was a fucking the old kid. ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they've done it before. <laughs> so anyway. yeah, um Marvel Legends they they like to throw in an obscure person like when they did Maggot I was like okay cool we'll go with it we'll go with it we'll roll with it baby and come on just keep my fingers crossed they're going to announce a Hellfire Gala wave it'll be amazing they have to dude I will I will be there if they release these fucking characters in the outfits that that these fucking artists these amazing fucking artists have created First of all, if these artists don't get some fucking cut of that, I'm going to be pretty they upset, yeah, they but they don't. won't. Yeah, never do. Anyway, guys, today we are covering four heavy hitters. We got X-Men 25, Immortal X-Men 14, Dark X-Men number one, Ooh, and boy. Uncanny Avengers number one. So uh, that we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. And, uh, and we're kicking it right off with X-Men 25, also known out. as... Kitty's a bad bitch. Also known as, oh, I see a few of you forgot that Kitty's a motherfucking ninja. Yeah. And now it's time for you to remember. And so, Brutally. yeah, we get uh Uncanny X-Men 25. Or no, it's not Uncanny X. It's just, um, it's just X-Men right now, right? Yeah. We don't have an Uncanny one right now. Or not an X-Men, at least. Um, all right. So we open. They're probably which... saving that for the reboot. Yeah, that's going to be... I cannot wait. I, I'm going to be so excited when the Uncanny X-Men come back. <laughs> I'm going to nerd out. Anyway, we open, as all great X-Men books do nowadays, at a park bench. <laughs> that's how we got to Hox Pox. We had uh, a couple other like nods to it throughout the Krakoan era. But anyway, this is set back in the very early days of the Krakoan era when we first learned that Kate can't go through the gate because she broke her nose on the gate much like Emma just recently did in the Hellfire Gal. And uh, Kitty is talking to her rabbi, who's just sitting there nodding along, feeding the pigeons. And 
her rabbi's like, yeah, 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 you, you, you're mutants, you're special, you got all these special things. Like, I, I don't understand really what you're bitching about. Um, do you still believe in God? No. Okay. Yeah, you, you do. Okay. So maybe you can just get over yourself for a minute and realize that there's something special about you that sets you apart from all the other super people. So that maybe that makes you super special. And then we cut to current day Kate in her Hellfire Gala outfit, sneaking into the old Xavier mansion. Kate can't help herself but go back. Also, how is this place not fucking surrounded by Stark Sentinels? I don't understand. Well, I think because remember way back, I think when they rescued Lady Mastermind, like it was like maybe Nightcrawler and someone else. Yeah, I get every they, every time we go back, it's it's yes, it's deserted. They've yeah, fully abandoned it. It's decrepit. Like yeah, but again, we go back and there's always someone there though. So like, <laughs> it's yeah. decrepit, but like someone is currently breaking into it right now. So like, it happens still a lot. My yeah. point being, put a sentinel out there because clearly mutants just keep sneaking into there. So go. <laughs> but anyway, True. I'm glad this is also meant to be like mere hours at best after the event of the of the hellfire gala um and so she she's back into the mansion she goes into she phases into her secret hiding place where she pulls out her goddamn ninja swords sorry i feel like that's offensive i don't know what the name of them are though but they have i'd say katanas Katanas? are they katanas yeah okay let's go katanas oh you know what how about just swords she pulls out her swords and there is a fix to the sword, an old note from old motherfucking Ogon. So we're going way motherfucking way back, back. <laughs> to Kitty Pride and Wolverine back in the eighties. When uh, for for listeners who who don't know, first of all, it's a pretty good miniseries. I haven't read it in a long time, but I'm not a big Wolverine fan, but I am a big Kitty Pride fan. It's pretty it's pretty essential miniseries if you're a Kitty Pride fan. And basically, the crux of what this is referring to <clears throat> is one of the major plots in that miniseries was Ogon was like a supernatural mutant foe of Wolverine who telepathically, maybe also spiritually. I'm not real. I don't remember. Um, he basically possessed Kitty and trained her via osmosis, really um, how to be a fucking killer ninja like himself. And so like, from like basically 1985, I think that was, <laughs> or like six onward, Kitty's been secretly a fucking killer ninja. And that is what this is. That And that's when she took the name Shadow Cat because that's what he called her now. That was her fucking, that was her ninja name, if you will. Yep. And so <clears throat> that's what we get there. We then cut to, again, I believe this is now, we're, this is weeks now after the gala. And next week, yeah. No, actually, we're not at X week. Oh, yeah, he says right here. It's been weeks since this headline. So Dr. Stasis is addressing um a crowd of humans at a defunct gate in, in Central Park. Um and he's with Firestar, and he's basically saying it has been weeks since the mutants massacred us humans. And Orcus has come to save you. Classic white skin human. Yeah. With this club on his head. Like at some point in one of these <laughs> books, I think it's Ben Urich, um, who is looking 
hot as fuck in one of these books. I think it's this book, yeah. If it's not this, you know, he looks like a normal Ben Ur because he's on the page we're on right now. Mm. But I think it's on Canny Avengers where he looks like 20 years younger and like he looks like a hunk sitting in the office. Yeah. 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 I, we'll get there. We'll get there. But um, yeah, there be like Orcus is Dr. Stasis is like out there as one of the figureheads of this one. He's clearly Mr. Sinister. He looks like <laughs> yes. The like, world knows who Sinister didn't, like, didn't we have a whole thing where the world got to know about the sinister future? <laughs> they know about the sinister future, and he's one of the sinister. Like, I, I don't this is one of my criticisms. Yes. I I'm kind of like all the good things they're doing, like the fascist PR movement and the yeah. subtle like we're being nicer to them than they would ever be to us as they fucking stomp on your neck shit. Yeah. Like they're doing a lot of that perfectly and eerily close to what's currently happening in our world, which is not yeah. cool in a lot of ways. When, when we read X-Men books growing up, they always mirrored the world, but the part that was like, Oh, this is referring to like historical things were the fucking like genocide and people being put in camps that's starting to feel less and less historical yeah and um yeah so basically stasis is standing there basically we shut down the gate he's given a recap of what happened at the hellfire gala firestar is there she proves to everybody that the gate is defunct by touching it and i just noticed in my reread that she's like a little tear is coming down her cheek as she does it that's pretty a pretty good pretty good touch um and they and that's and he's telling us too about these camps I just mentioned these reprogramming camps where like they're sending people and they basically just send them off to fucking Mars where we'll get to when we get to but there's a big ass civil war happening with you know Genesis and fucking apocalypse so like that's a bit a bit of controversy yeah so like big heavy hitters are going on there and they're throwing people like poor little Wolfer here <laughs> into into the middle of it and um. And then, mind you, Orcus is also, and I think this is a really good thing, a really good plot thing they're doing, is they're also funding the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants rebirth with Captain Krakoa, who is an undercover Orcus person who's convinced poor Blob we're going to learn. Like, it's I'm jumping ahead, I know, but like... Yeah, I have some issues with that too, but we'll get to that, yeah. Like, anyway, so... So that's where we're at right now, right? Okay. And we cut to the White House where our our fucking again, another person who just I know you shouldn't judge people based on like their appearances, but <laughs> this motherfucker looks like the devil. The devil, he's, yeah. He looks like Satan, yeah. He's got red skin, like white hair that's slicked back. He's in a white suit. Like <laughs> that's the cartoon devil. Yeah, who's sitting at the white like so some of my problems you might see here um and he's at the white house with uh, uh, the president saying uh we're protecting you we've got these sentinels here we've got war machines hanging out on the moon of mars ready to fucking attack at at any point uh mr president we're we're like we're doing what we can here and you gotta i know you have your uneasiness about this but you gotta believe i think this is where the line comes from we're we're treating them much better than they that they deserve or or that they would get treated on the streets i believe at one point is is because they've yeah. they've fermented so much hatred toward mutants well they make um, a big point in multiple books of like this is the most hated mutants i've ever the been most hated they've ever been and yeah. 
at some point in my reread, I was like, oh my God, this is this is the motherfucking road to um Days of Future Past. Yeah, you could see it. Absolutely, yeah. Because in Days of and and then I started thinking about like Kitty Pride, because in the original Days of Future Past, Kitty Pride is the one that goes back. She references that in this issue, yeah. Oh shit, she does. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's why I started putting together the fucking Days of Future Past shit of it. But in Days of Future Past, she's called Kate. It's like the one and only time she's ever been called Kate mm-hmm. is in that universe. So shit. <laughs> All bad. Not great. Not great. Um, Not bad start. So then we cut to a place. Oh, we learn about a place called the Henry Geirich Center for Behavioral Studies. So again, naming yeah. monuments after Nazis at this point. Yeah. Yep. Um, And we, we, it's there, maybe, I think, we find uh, Dr. Stasis coming in, monologuing like a sinister. And who is he monologuing to? Who is he saying, we've got you beaten and you can't all this fucking shit to? Fucking- right, right before, though, great uh-huh. line when he walks in the room and sees the guards. And he's like, oh, you lads look sharp. And he goes, thank you, doctor. I didn't say you could speak to me. So fucking sinister. Yeah, both Perfect. so fucking sick. Oh, and he Continue. also calls them shock uniforms. So again, where we heard terms like that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Doctor Stasis looking. By the way, the art in this book is incredible. Um, yeah. Doctor Stasis looking truly evil is leaning down to uh to a paralyzed, chained up on a fucking X cross eyes stitched fucking shut yeah. Cyclops who he's basically telling Dr. Stasis is telling just help us out man like tell these people just go away tell the mutants to go away just go out there and say the lines and we'll let you live we'll just just do we'll help each other we'll help each other on this and I know you love Cyclops. Do you want to tell the people what Cyclops' reply is to, to um, Dr. Stasis? Go fuck yourself. That's right. He <laughs> screams it from his fucking chest. So there's probably no worse mutant to have that you think you can convince to betray mutants than Cyclops. Talk about not knowing your fucking audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, if you have Toad, then you have a shot. If you have Cyclops, he will happily die for the cause cyclops is one he of has the most, died for the cause cyclops is one of the most radicalized fucking mutants <laughs> in, he's up there with fucking magneto at this 100 yeah he has transferred from xavier's belief to magneto's belief which again 10 years quite a bit is another thing i've been thinking about because now he's paralyzed like xavier well um i think sinister not sinister oh Stasis yeah has dr stasis a, a yeah he's where yeah, he's he, like, I, I'm sure there's more extra wheelchairs for you back at the place or whatever. Yeah, he's like, I'm sure your your teacher has left you some extra wheelchairs or some shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm envisioning some weird dynamic coming up in the near future where Cyclops is like the is like the Magneto, but he's paralyzed like Xavier. And he evolves get, into both of them. <laughs> and no, he's but he's like, yeah, he's like some kind of amalgamation, but his viewpoints are more aligned with with Magneto and a resurrected return gene is more of the pacifist kumbaya 
Charles Xavier, but with the motherfucking like Phoenix power, basically. So she's like Magneto. So like it's like a dynamic. That would actually be yeah. really sick. Like that yeah. is kind of what I'm envisioning. I don't really like, but that's where I, I kind of hope we go some route with that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he, uh, sorry, I was calling him Xavier. Uh, Scott is telling him like, like the fucking X Men are gonna fucking whoop your ass, man. Like I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You really fucked up here. <laughs> like I don't care if I'm fucking paralyzed in in this contraption. We're gonna fucking murder you. And Doctor Stasis is feigning like he cares about the X Men. Oh, he's scared of them. He's he leans into him. He's like they're all fucking dead. All of your crazy eyes. He's so I cannot stress enough how good the art is. Can you while I'm talking, can you look up the artist's name? Uh, Um, And so as he's telling him all the fucking X-Men are dead, we cut down to old Morlock tunnels. So who's down there now? But the pretty X-Men. Now they're the Morlocks. Ooh, how the times have changed. And Sink and Talon are doing a, a, a chat with the with the team. And Shadow Cat comes walking through the walls. And it's our first time outside of the cover seeing Kitty Pride in her Shadow Cat outfit. And she like refuses to talk to Sink. He just he just she just blows by him as he tries to get her attention. So and, I'm gonna do it with my dyslexia. Uh Stefano Cassilli. Yo, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember. It took me that. a minute because it's at the back of the book. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really messing up the where the fucking pay, the credits are now. Um, and so she phases into the next room and sink because he's sink borrows her powers and phases in after her and then to rub it in does her knock knock gimmick on her and she's yeah. like man i really now i see why people found that really annoying that's uh, <laughs> that's really fucking annoying um <clears throat> and so she's trying to stitch herself up she's got a cut on her back he's he's helps her with that he tells her i thought i smelled blood which means he's just conveniently u- using talon's powers right now but which, that's fine. that makes sense <laughs> And or he, it's like, or it's like always part of him now because of their years, their thousands, all the time, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, he's like, "What's going on? What the fuck are you doing? We got to work as a team." She's like, "Don't need to. I've just come here to rest." She's very Logan right now. She's yeah. like, "I work best on my own, kid." And like, like I got to go out and do some murder, and then she's like, "He's he's talking about all these people. I don't even know where fucking Lockheed is right now, man. I gotta go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where is fucking Lockheed right now? So now I'm fucking worried about this goddamn dragon. Um, and so she's like, I I got a plan. Um, and I I'll, I'll catch you later. And she just phases away. Um, and her plan, I guess, is she just phases or not phases. She uses the gate to go to Araco, where we, for us at least, readers of X Men Red will have seen this by now. I'm sure. Uh, but for us, one of the first times we've seen the Civil War transpiring on Araco, and it's a uh, complete disarray. There's fighting in the streets. Things are on fire. Uh, or there's just chaos. Orcus drops coming down from like outer space of like more and more people being thrown into this flames. And <clears throat> our boy Wolfer from earlier, who looks a lot like the character in Noel, but slightly different. I guess he's got Mohawk. Yeah, he looks like a character, an inhuman character too. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, he, I think he's appeared in another one of these other books, like I think so, co- yeah. like a couple months ago. Um, 
And he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, who are you? How are you using these gates? I need help. Can you help us? And Kitty's like, or Shadow Cat's like, motherfucker, don't talk to me. She slams him against the wall. She phases her sword through him and says, any fucking word out of you, any noise out of you, and I'm going to, like, unphase this in a second. You're dead. She's like, I came here looking for my friends. I'm trying to do census. And then she's like, any idea where Polaris Forger, who's the other one she's looking for? Um... Was it magic, maybe? It would make sense. No, Sunfire. Sunfire, Forge, and Polaris is are the three. Oh, yeah, she probably doesn't know he's in that other realm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So she gives him a piece of paper. She gives Wolf her a piece of paper, and she says, go write names down, and I'll, I'll come back and find you. And so she's like, you're on a secret mission now. She tells him every mutant alive is an X-Men right now. And like she basically manipulates this kid into doing her bidding, and then the next thing he does is get in a fight with somebody because he's trying to protect her from not going through the gate. Uh, then we cut real quick to Forge uh, waking up in whatever realm he's in right now, being like, what the fuck just happened? And then remembering, oh, God, the gates are shut down. Oh, God, the children of the vault. And so then we just get that cut to make sure you check out this other miniseries happening. Yes, I don't. I think it's a one shot. I think it came out last week. I have it. I yeah. I don't know if it's a one shot or not, but I I have it. So and I think also same goes for Realm of X. I think it's a one shot also. Okay, cool. Well, it's on my list too, so I haven't picked it up yet though. Um. Okay. And so next we jump to um, Miss Marvel's house. Uh, Emma in the disguise of um Hazel, Tony Stark's assistant, is walking her home. She's using a power inhibitor so that the, the Stark Sentinels can't find her, but she stops using it so that she can telepathically put to put to sleep. That sounds bad. Miss um, <laughs> Marvel's family, <It's> <laughs> she, like sleepy time, like makes them yeah. set, like makes them sleepy. Um, and then she like there it is. And then she gives them all the memories that Miss um, Marvel was only uh, Kamala was only on a trip to Washington D.C. and now she's back and that's it. That's all. That's all you all need to know. Everything's fine. And she quickly stops using her powers right before the the Sentinels find her because they're searching out all mutant power signatures. And she leaves as uh, Kamala's parents wake up and she just she tells Kamala on her way out, "Please just forget the X Men. Just live your life." and don't die and so then on the next page we have miss marvel in the sewers with the x-men yeah and uh she rightly says to emma she's like of course i'm not gonna i'm a hero dude of course i'm not gonna fucking turn my back on you all even if i wasn't a mutant i i'm a fucking good guy yo <laughs> and so this is where we get our first introduction to the uncanny avengers because but also meet- real quick yes of course the muslim woman understands about being persecuted wrongly like yeah. she's gonna sympathize yeah, and she she's gets, a fucking superhero yeah she gets it dude like you can't you, you think she's gonna stay away i think emma was just doing it to like give her the cover of like i told you to stay away <laughs> or like just genuinely keep her safe like you're still out and you can stay out because she doesn't have good. a mutant power yet so nothing's gonna get activated yeah like, they can't they can't really trace her yeah um Anyway, so they're meeting with the X-Men in the sewers, the, the Uncanny Avengers. And then we get the book. A <laughs> <laughs> shadow cat is walking through when Hazel well, before I'm sorry. that, sorry, real quick, before that, we had Emma being like, What happened? Like, I want the like she hasn't 
Kate no, hasn't I, told that's, anyone. That's literally what I'm getting to right now. Oh, I thought you were going right to the fight. Okay. No, no, no. no. Uh, Shadow Cat is coming through the sewers, and Emma approaches her, and like you said, is like, "Hey, we need to fucking talk." She's like, "What happened?" And in pure kitty fashion, she's like, "What happened is we fucking lost, and it's all my fault." Yeah. And Emma's like, "Don't fucking say that. That's what the fucking fascists want you to think. Like, it they're the ones who murdered us, not you." She's like, "What happened to you? What happened when you went through the fucking gate?" And then we see what happened when Kitty went through the gate. And so we cut back to the end of the Hellfire Gala where she falls through the gate in Jerusalem. We've got Orcus fucking goons on the fucking wall about to shut off that gate. They think they have shut off that gate, honestly. And and they just reported to headquarters that that's exactly what they did. And so um, as that's happening, Kate falls through. Kate's like, oh, you guys aren't going to behave yourselves, are you? And she realizes, oh, that she hears the radio saying, just to confirm, gate in Jerusalem shut down. And she quickly, go ahead. Yeah. So real quick, just to have a comparison. Ever seen the rundown with The Rock? The rundown with The Rock? Yeah. He's like in Brazil hunting for a guy. No, never. So the whole movie, in in the whole movie, he doesn't use a gun. He only uses his fists. And everyone's like, "Why don't you use a gun?" There's a bunch of bad guys trying to kill us. You use a gun. He's like, I don't use guns. And at the very third act, he finally grabs a gun, and you realize why he doesn't use it because he fucking murders everyone like a classic Arnold style, just mowing down motherfuckers. And it's like, oh, because you're insane when you have a gun. That's the feeling I got. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good comparison because she quickly phases through the radio before they can find, they make the final um, command that the gate is shut, is shut down. And she tells them, listen, just let me go walk away from all of this. This is going to be bad if you don't. And they just start laughing that like, you want us to surrender? There's one of you and there's all of us. What are you going to do? And she's like, all right, I fucking tried to warn you. Um, and oh, I think they even say at some point, like, oh, your teacher can't help you now. Or she's like, that's not the teacher you need to be worried about. And she's talking about. What's that line mm-hmm. right after that? Oh, when you get to hell, tell Ogon I said hello. <laughs> Insanity. That's the moment I got chills where I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because like she's yes, that's the teacher because that's the move she's about to use. But a lot of like her moves, a lot of her instincts, a lot of her like the way her brain is wired, that's Wolverine now. Yeah. Like she is 100% channeling Logan. And so Kate Pride just starts phasing through motherfuckers. They can't shoot her. She's phasing through. She's fucking snapping people's windpipes putting guns inside people's skulls throwing people skull yeah yeah throwing people so that they phase into each other and die fucking she crushes a dude's head with her boot which i'm like i I guess she's strong now too but okay it's uh, precise karate style it's precise kick she knows exactly what she's doing she yeah like i said she phases she kicks another dude in the nuts and then phases him directly through the roof and then there's a couple couple dudes left and they're like we got this we got this go back to back she can't get us and she just casually walks up to them 
as they fire round after round. This is the moment where I was like, oh, fuck. Kate, don't fuck around. And she's just phasing these bullets and she grabs grenades off of them and then phases them into their chest and then just watches as they explode. (laughs) This is like kick-ass level. Like the actual comic kick-ass. Yeah. And then she flies basically through a couple other dudes, phases another man's radio into his throat so he can't call for help, and then murders the last guy by just snapping his neck. And what did that last guy say? The X-Men saved me. Yeah, he was one of the ones Gene fucking saved. Yeah. And fucking Kitty Pride snaps his neck with tears in her eyes and then the next page of all the carnage around her as she's on her knees in her hellfire attire sobbing as we learn through narration that she then spends the next few minutes phasing people into the roof so that they're harder to find and then sneaking back through the gates to start the mission that we see her on now and she then we get back to uh, nothing happened is what she tells Emma. And she tells Emma, listen, because she Emma continually calls her Catherine. She's like, listen, if I have to fucking call you Hazel, maybe you should start respecting the people names people choose. And I'm shadow cat now, bitch. And then she walks away. <laughs> oh, and no, she walks away saying, and I'm going to kill Firestar. Yikes. And, <laughs> and after what we just saw. If Firestar lives, I will. I bet you money Firestar needs some very powerful magic to save her from <laughs> Kitty Pride. Uh, five, yeah. five motherfucking X's. A hundred and ten percent. Five X's. Um, we've now we have to make a counter soon of how many people are swearing to kill Firestar. We got two badass ladies who have now sworn to kill Firestar. Yeah, um, Firestar's donezo. Yeah, Jean put a lot of pressure on her, that's for sure. You know, Jean does that to people. <laughs> no, we're she gonna, has a tendency. We're going to see that in Dark X-Men. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, I have some opinions about that. So next up, after that great book, we have another great book, Immortal X-Men, issue 14. And um, our boy Charles is uh, not having a great day. Or a great X weeks. But yeah, I know all these books with X weeks later. It's like, all right, fuck you. Or is this 10? <laughs> um he is just sitting on the beach with a blank look on his face with a little bit of a beard. A little bit it's, of a beard. That's a yeah. full ass beard. He has a he has a scraggle going on. And um he's, at one point he's got a dragonfly that just lands on his fucking head. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's just thinking about how bad everything went. But very important we just touch on a little bit Uh, actually wait sorry is it in this one yes so there's a part where destiny is like i'm not sure about the future but if something happens at the gala raven has to get away yeah so that's that kind of goes back to our theory about her conveniently jumping out the window oh yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they're holding on to that one um, but he's basically, from our assumption, 
has just for the past few weeks just been recapping the Hellfire Gala. That thing that we all read that like emotionally stung us, he's just been reliving it. Well, I mean, uh, it's good that they do because there might be like new readers or there might be people who didn't get their hands on it because it sold out or some shit. I don't well, know. No, I'm saying just as the character. But, it, but as like, but yeah, as, like from a story though, to see it again, it's like, come on, man, stop hitting me in the fucking gut. Yeah. Like as the character, he's just living this and yep. he keeps getting to the end where he yells that they're all dead and he wells up and cries again, just sitting there. This is the lowest Xavier has ever been and that includes the times he's died yeah and this is a dude who can't even stand no never mind i'm not gonna say it <laughs> um then we cut to <laughs> all right first first preface this i love sebastian shaw as everyone do knows. you i don't know why <laughs> he's such a piece of shit what <laughs> he's such a piece of shit i love him he's so awful all right so we have sebastian shaw being all cocky uh we have an assistant being like hey you gotta do this oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no biggie takes away his it, own he keeps powers. calling this assistant test new tessa new tessa yeah. like jesus christ man you're such a fucking prick um and then he takes away his mutant powers like it was no big deal he legit just didn't care yeah he there. says in no it i've never me. i've never been a mutant i'm a fucking capitalist man <laughs> like, yeah. like i've had the mutant gene but that's not what's important about me. Like, well, it's helped you fucking live for a long time. <laughs> it's really helped you in most things in your life. Most okay. things has been a pretty big deal. And then he's like, all right, Tessa, how rich am I? And he's like, you're about the same. And he's like, but what? No, yeah, you're about the same. He's like, I own Krakoa. I'm the leader of the Hellfire Club. What do you mean? Like, I'm not filthy rich? Nope. So he goes to talk to Mother Righteous. And it's like, hey, we had a deal. What the fuck? And basically, she's like, magic, baby. Gotta read the fine print. She is like, dude, come on. Like, yeah. you, I'm a fucking magic person you had to summon. Like, what are you doing, sweetheart? Like, but honestly, legitimately, she's just like, did you really think I was telling the truth? Like, yeah, I'm she's a like, evil this witch. Is, <laughs> she's like, this is on you, dipshit. Yeah. You and have it, Krakoa, but you have nothing else. It 100% is his own stupidity. And yeah. I just need to say this again because I need, to, I need to confess my shame every time it happens, though. But especially when Lucas Wernick draws her, fucking Mother Righteous is hot, man. I don't give a shit. I've got a crush on Mother <laughs> Righteous. I don't care. I know she's a Mr. It. Sinister. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, she's technically a Rebecca Sinister, but you know, like, yeah. she's a Mr. Sinister, really. Little personality wise. Um, so then a bunch of Hellfire guards point their guns at him and basically trying to kick him out. And he's just like, What the f- what? What's going on? And uh his assistant Tessa goes, Um, you're not the white king, it's Wilson Fisk, which literally gives him a spit take. And then we cut to Emma, who's like, Yeah, yeah, I could get caught. I don't care. I have to revel in this shit. <laughs> Not yet. What does Emma do? What is, she is in his mind yeah. as a giant fucking woman. In like her a, old clothes. In her in her old Hellfire White Queen garb. Just standing with him in the like just her like she could just step on him. Like the suggestiveness of this fucking panel is out of control. <laughs> 
And there's a great Lucas Warnock is an amazing. I, I guess Lucas Warnock is an amazing artist. I, yes. I I want this person to be drawing X Men for years. A hundred percent. And basically, after gloating over Sebastian, basically says, "I did it for the children. You did it for the sense." Yeah, that's what it is. Yep. I do like his rebuttal of my superpower is that I can turn sense into billions. Okay, dude. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck. He has a um. A four-stage plan, which I don't know why a plan starts at stage zero, but this four... is your fucking boy. I don't. You tell me. <laughs> he has a four-stage plan. Cut to X weeks later, and he's like, "Okay, where are we with this plan?" And she's like, "Nowhere." It's like, what do you mean nowhere? What the fuck are you talking about nowhere? Cut to Xavier back on the beach, look in the distance, and Emma's trying to get through to him. Hey, maybe they're not all dead. Like you're not hundred percent sure. And he's just like, no, I am. And no, he doesn't like, say gone. anything back. Yeah, nothing back. Yeah, but like, yeah. it's the face of like, I'm sure. Like, he's just given up. He's done. Oh, he does. I'm sorry. He does say one thing back to her, which is, "Our children are dead. Leave me be, Emma." Yeah. Yep. He's just done. Now the reason no one's gone back to Krakoa to initiate all the stages of Sebastian's plan. Well, the security says there's monsters. And he's like, what are you talking about? There's monsters. So basically <laughs> fucking Celine of who's summoned monsters to the island. They're like, there's yeah. no monsters. What are you like? Celine, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you surprised by this? <laughs> no, she's like, the, the, just the fact that she's like, oh, they're just making excuses. There's no monsters. Like Celine, you know, there are monsters. You brought <laughs> them out. <laughs> They, there's legit monsters on that island. Wasn't there a whole thing when the island? Yeah, but they are. But remember the... in Judgment Day when she yeah. didn't get accepted to the council, she's like, well, fuck you guys. And she used magic to fucking like summon all the kaiju to fucking attack. <laughs> yeah. So we find out Xavier is just making mental projections of monsters that keep people away from the island. And basically he's like, this is my fuck. I didn't say it, but like, this is my island now. Like, this is mine. Fuck off. And Sorry, just reading something else. Uh, yeah, basically, he's like, my people are dead, but like, this is like almost like sacred land. Like, this is mine now. Yeah, he's like, they're not gonna. He's still holding true to one of the principles, which is we must protect the sacred land. Yep. Um, and then he's he's saying to himself as we leave this chapter, no more, no more, no more. Yeah. Which is like just such a constant refrain now since since Wanda within the mutant world you know what i mean sure i didn't think of that and also like yeah he's kind of lost it and he's still one one of the most powerful psychics in the universe and he's and he's broken or like he if they like just if he could snap out of feeling sorry for himself for one fucking second yeah he could help clean up the mess that he helped make 100 percent. yes so cut to a desert. It and says, unlike his protege Cyclops, he can fucking walk right now. So why doesn't he go help the boy <laughs> soldier that he's been traumatizing his entire? That would be nice. Uh, he says, uh, the, the caption says, nowhere, no when. And we see hope, destiny, and exodus in the sand, in this mystery desert. Uh, Destiny's freaking out, saying, "Where's Raven? What's going on?" She doesn't know what the hell's going on. She can't I mean, see. She takes, she mm-hmm. takes her mask off too. That's how you know yes. she's serious. She can't see anything. Which I'm like, hope is just like you, you, 
to blind. So hope. <laughs> I I don't. I honestly have not. I have not read a lot of hope, hope stuff, and I and I. It's like a hole in my re- more recent, if you will, X Men knowledge. And I don't really like her so far. Like she's like. So I've been there since Hope debuted. Like I, yes. that's I was really invested. She is raised by Cable. I mean, I get I that. It. See, and I get, I know that much. So, like, I do, I, I do, like, and honestly, it's really Cable has only recently started growing on me. So, yeah, that's true. But like, since she was uh, during Second Coming, when Cable that time died, and she yeah. was just stuck with the X Men in that timeline, like, she was kind of a not like not I don't want to say a piece of shit, but just like hard to deal with. Like she had her mission, but she was also doing her own thing. Like, She's like hard in, to um, deal with here too. Yes, uh, so, kind of how she was in Avengers versus X Men. Like that is kind of her character. Like yeah. she was the most on brand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So That's she all. Literally She's not my smacks, favorite. Is all I'm trying to say. Yeah. She literally but, smacks uh, Destiny out of it to get her senses it. back. In the meantime, Exodus looks over uh, a hill and sees all the mutants. Basically, I believe they're called dunes when they're in the desert. Yes. Um, listen to me, mutants. And like, oh, this is the moment he's been waiting for. 110%. This is almost like an inverse of what happens in a sinister timeline because those mutants already have faith and hope. And now they're looking at Exodus, all that faith. So now he's leading his people through the desert <laughs> in the not so subtle that some of the other you mutants know. have like sashes over them almost like old times (laughs) you know like again reminder we don't know a lot about i mean we we've learned recently a lot about his powers which is they're all the powers but isn't one of his primary things he's like fueled by faith like the more faith in him the more powerful he is so uh now every mutant that we assumed was dead is now following him that's a shit ton of them out in the desert in the desert that I'll just say now, I think is inside one of those glowing balls that Mother Righteous has. Could be. Could be. I could see that because she's fucked around. She fucked yeah. around with those gates. So they could all they could all be redirecting whenever she wants. So it says nowhere, no when. We only get that weird shit when we're dealing with magic and we're dealing with space. Yep. So I think they're inside one of those floaty balls. I mean, and then there is like the final data page and it claims to be from the book of Exodus translated by Bennett Dupari, you know, like who is the, the, the guy's name, Exodus's actual name before he became Exodus. And it's basically about the whole mutant people were cast from Krakoa and it's like basically what we're seeing now. It was Exodus who led them to their freedom. Yep. So that could also we know from other future things and the character of Exodus himself, not just a sinister version. This can get to his head. This is the same guy that like two issues ago said, I'm playing nice as a courtesy, but if I wanted to, I could destroy everything. I mean, Exodus, if I'm not mistaken, he did begin his career as a villain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I give that one four X's. I think four X's is fair. I'm going to give it another five because, again, I cannot say it enough. Even on low issues like this one, honestly, didn't feel as 
good as some immortal x-men ones do that's why i gave it a four yeah. but the art man the art is delivering so fucking good to me yep. like i i'm really loving the art so next up we have dark x-men number one by the way josh did you ever read any dark x-men before the previous i version? did no i i know of it but i did not read it so a little bit of a recap of what that previous team was so basically this was during dark rain when Norman took over S.H.I.E.L.D., it became Hammer, and he had the Dark Avengers, which was a bunch of villains who happened to be different versions of heroes, like Hawkeye became, or Bullseye became Hawkeye, Venom became Spider-Man. Like, they tricked the public into thinking they were still heroes, basically. Yeah, I'm um, not sure that this is a one-for-one -one comparison of what we're no, going to no, see. No, 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 but my point is, though. during that time, that's when the mutants went to Utopia, when they had their own island base uh, for a little okay. bit. And when that happened, Norman was really pissed about it. So he made his own X-Men that dubbed the Dark X-Men. And that was Emma, Namor, not Morph, but a guy who has the same gist of powers. I forgot his name. That's gonna I'm going Change blank now. Me? Maybe. There's another guy like that. There was a guy who wasn't Angel, but also had Angel Wings and Dakin. And that was like oh. a book for I have it somewhere. It's a that was a book for a little bit, and then they went to war with the X Men, and then Emma revealed that she was never on their side, basically. And Namor was kind of just like, "I'm on my own side, fuck you guys." And then Namor does what Na Namor was there because Emma was there. I I never read this book, but I can tell you 100 percent that's why he was. There. Uh, yeah, there actually are panels where he lusts over Namor and female Loki. As a thing, so yeah, there's a little backstory for anyone who thinks it's like this is the first time they're called Dark X Men. This is. This is, I think, only the second iteration. And this I can might tell be you, their darkest. Oh, oh, yes. We're gonna get to Yeah, it's it's an interesting batch. Um when we I get to him, book. it's another I'm, character. Huh? I, I'm just gonna go out right now, everybody. I love this book. Go ahead. Oh, I'll say there's a character, uh, the one with the like the the saggy body who's manipulating his body to change Zero. things. Mm -hmm. He's from Generation Hope. Okay, I I did I saw that somewhere. Like I looked him up because I was like I looked I remember looking him up when the team was announced way back when. I was like I don't know who the fuck yeah. that person is. So Generation Hope for anyone who doesn't know was basically a book when Second Coming happened, and there were like a handful of mutants being reborn. It was literally like five of them I think or five or six of them. Yeah. And Hope was like I'm gonna go find them all and make a team, and everyone was happy except this guy was the asshole of the team who thought he was a god and did bad things and actually funny enough it led to sebastian shaw joining the team because he lost his memories and hope wanted to rehabilitate him and he became a good guy for a short time that's probably why you started liking him <laughs> oh no i've liked him since the animated series oh, okay. like, who's this wow. guy whose shirt always falls off and just has a sash and like can absorb energy he's awesome um L little nick was like look at that barrel chested hunk <laughs> it was I so ridiculous him. like you him. have these fantasy heroes but like this one guy who looks fucking ridiculous i love it badass. i love, I love it. it um but love yeah it. just a little backstory on some of these characters before we jump right. into okay i am going to do my damnedest listeners to not go off on a bunch of fucking tangents here so, i will stop you yes thank you um all right so our book opens with madeline Pryor in limbo really she's dreaming of limbo and she's walking through what we vision Limbo to be, which is a hellscape, which is hell, really. And then what should appear to her in her dream 
is basically Alaska, where for those who don't aren't familiar with Madeline Pryor is in her mind where she's from, which is where she lived basically when Mr. Sinister dropped her off, I guess. <laughs> um, but she's from Alaska. And that's where she and Scott uh, are a first tangent. All right. Um, and she sees death <laughs> out in the distance. And death is holding the 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 sigh, I believe it's pronounced. Like I've always the children of the corn shit. Yeah, sigh. Um, yeah. Sigh. Um that she uses that is, I believe, the ruler of limbo t- tends to to use. And then the crown of maybe the goblin prince, the thing that it that havoc used to wear on his head way 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 back in the day and it's at this point that she wakes up confused and who is she there with but alex fucking summers they are together in the limbo embassy again we are x or 10 weeks after the fall and as you might imagine there's an embassy to limbo now in new york there are a lot of people protesting outside and not just now because there's a hell limbo or a hell this is a gateway episode. to hell. Yeah. Treating it like cool. Yeah. Not, not only are they protesting that, but now they're protesting that Madeline Pryor has opened up limbo as a safe refuge to mutants. And so they're pretty pissed off. And so using her magic, she transform, she burns the sheets into her clothing. And Alex is like, man those are expensive (laughs) okay we're gonna talk about alex later i have some concerns real quick though this is written by steve fox and art by nelson daniel danielle yeah steve Uh, fox i'm really enjoying so far what else has he done i was gonna ask you like i don't recognize the name he did um he did the x-men annual that was all about firestar recently oh, okay yeah and that and that was really good and then i believe i looked up that was i believe the first x-men thing i read until i looked up and i never finished it but i enjoyed it and you didn't but I, he's also the writer of the x-men 92 one recently the one where it was like yes i just wasn't Anna, on that one but yeah yeah but he was the writer of that one too <clears throat> and so alex we then get like a a, a walkthrough splash panel as Alex and, and Maddie walk through the the, lim, uh, the limbo embassy and we see some of the characters we'll be dealing with people like your M plates uh, speaking of generation X people like your Azazels. Oh, is there an M plate action figure? You know what? All I have to do is go back home and I can put together <laughs> the gen X. I fucking already have it. I just don't they have want these. the high quality figures, but I don't have these HD ones. Yeah. The um, HD ones. Also quick question. Uh, about Azazel, is he a mutant or a demon or both? Does it matter when you're in limbo? <laughs> That's fair. I'm just curious if he's actually a mutant. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> very much about what the fuck is supposed to be happening with Azazel. I'm looking it up while you talk. You start looking up Azazel. We also run into some other characters that, like you mentioned, the Zero character who's chasing some ladies, uh, the Fantasia who I. If I remember, it was like in a couple issues of like X Force way back. A lot of people on Twitter are very excited to see Fantasia. I, okay. she's, she's cool, I guess. Like, no offense. Yeah. It's just, I was never, I was never a big X Force fan. And so, um, Maddie and, and, and Alex are, are walking through and he's, 
begging. She's he's like, you're doing the best you can. Like, I don't really know what more you can do. You're giving, like I just said, you're giving sanctuary to all these mutants who would otherwise be, you know, whatever out there. And she and they walk through this mirror and they go into this this demon world. And Alex, like, what is that thing? And she says something I should have used the moment I heard Gene's psychic death screams. So in this, oh, moment, real quick, he actually is a demon and a mutant. There you go, baby. Yeah. There you go, baby. All right. And so we see, we've, we learn that she heard Gene scream when she died and it really clearly affected her. And so she goes to put on what she calls the mercy crown fucking metal which of course it is it's fucking the goblin queen dude yep and so it's basically is it though we'll get to that oh no I, yeah it is it's our this is our maddie that's not yes. our maddie at the end of the book um and she puts on the the mercy crown and it's basically a demon soul cerebro type thing yep. and she's gonna use it to find all the mutants because she's like listen if i heard gene scream don't you think I would hear like the psychic screams of a bunch of other like a- any any psychic would? She's, well, she references what happened to Genosha and was yeah, like, she's like, I, I heard what ra- like. Exactly. She's like, I yeah. was not alive during this time, which is a fucking shame, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, from what I'm told, psychics heard all the English. And so she puts on her helmet, like you said, looks metal as fuck. Uh, and then we cut to friends we have not seen in a minute. Yes. Well, what was it? Children of the Atom? Children of the Atom. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so we, I was uh, caught off guard by this in a good way. <laughs> yeah. I remember now that I I remember Carmen was on a cover when when it got announced. So I, I, I had no clue. Remember that. But <clears throat> we um yeah, we cut to Buddy and um and and what looks like Benny, one of the other children yeah. of the Atoms. <laughs> um, children's of the Atom. And they run downstairs because they're like, oh, we're playing video games, Dad. We'll see you later. And when they get downstairs, it was not Benny. It was Carmen using some kind of uh, image inducer type device that they got off the Internet because these kids are always stealing gadgets off the Internet. Um, And they're talking about her being a mutant when the dad walks down and is like, oh, shit, I got one of those mutants here. And he calls fucking the fascist. And so then the fucking Nazis come storming in. And they go to uh, attack or they claim they feel like she's going to attack, even though they're all coming in with fucking guns and shields. And uh, next thing we know, she gets knocked out. She wakes up. She's in the back of a Orcus transport being taken to a, what he calls a re-education camp. Where have we heard those terms before? Yep. And in one of the most authentic and classic gambit scenes there have ever been in a book because you forget my friend this book has maddie and gambit in it (laughs) you are living it up (laughs) i cannot get enough of this book and he throws his little charged uh spikes into the road and blows up the fucking uh transport and it's just a panel of the car exploding with a silhouette of Gambit just leaning against the pole. What? Like, oh, that's fucking Gambit, baby. That's fucking Gambit. Um, and that's why I think Steve Fox is is growing on me a little. Like, he, this motherfucker gets it. <laughs> um, 
And this artist gets it too, because obviously he had to draw it. Um, and so then Warren comes down as Archangel and he fucking rips the goddamn thing open and they start freeing Carmen and fighting back on the uh the Orcus guys. Maggot joins in and <laughs> out of nowhere, and he's like, Hey, Carmen, come with us if you want to live. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> and um He's like he's introducing everybody, and he gets to Gambit, who she used to cosplay as. And he's like, "And this is Gambit." And she's like, "I know very meekly," which I thought was really cute. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing how that relationship goes. I would, I really, because this is a modern Gambit. A modern Gambit's a little softer now. Yes, and, and I would really think it's cool if he can't be with Rogue now to really emphasize his softness. If he took on his own Wolverine style young young X-Men POV character. Um and speaking of Wolverine, one of the Orcus members fucking kicks this android is like wake up android and it turns out to be the Wolverine android Albert that I know very little about and so I'm not even going to try. And- but also he's like on the cover of the comic so I guess he's going to be reprogrammed. Mhm. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll see, yeah. we'll see what happens here. Um, and so he jumps out and Gambit's like, look out, but it's too late. He stabs Warren through the gut. Excuse me. Sorry. And it's at this time that the backup Sentinels start arriving. Warren's bleeding out in the street. Um, the, the Android is laying over everybody and they're cornered. Uh, Mag is like, what's the play Gambit? Gambit's like, I don't know. We just got to start hitting people and protect the, the little one, you know, like, uh, that's all we got right now. When what should happen, but some bamfing should come in because who's getting bamfed in by Azazel? We've got Havoc, we've got Zero, the aforementioned Azazel, and we've got the leader of the Dark X-Men herself, Madeline Pryor, who says, don't worry, child, the X-Men are here. So metal. Fucking metal. And the font, oh, the font is so good on it, too. And uh, and and Carmen are already in good dynamic. I'm loving this. Carmen asks uh, Remy, <clears throat> "Are they on our side?" And he's like, mm, "That's complicated, share." <laughs> but they all are currently on this. Oh, and then Mplate, who we didn't see Bamped in, but he's there too. And so they all yeah. start fighting back. Um, at one point, Maddie has one of the cars nearby turn into a goblin and eat one of the Orcus members. Yeah. Oh, so sick. So a throwback again, and a throwback to the, the OG Inferno. I am doing so much work right now, not just going into tangents on the original. Inferno. <laughs> I um, appreciate it. <laughs> if you'll notice, Alex is wearing his old headdress too. I just put, yes. I just yeah. I actually didn't notice that. Yeah. For yeah. reasons of things I'm reading, I've noticed that. <laughs> Which also gives me a theory for later that we'll talk about. Okay. And so it's as this battle is happening, Alex is begging, begging Maddie, which is a theme, not to murder anyone. When uh, Albert gashes him through the fucking throat and Maddie screams Alex a la Gene screaming Scott anytime something happens, which I enjoy. But as she does it, she just fucking engulfs the people behind her in flames and then crunches up Albert into like a little ball, which they then take with them. And she she then holds Alex and says, our grand debut and you've ruined it. It's like, oh, yes. Maddie, you're so cold. 
And so she's like, Azazel, get us the fuck out of here while she's using magic, apparently, to keep Alex alive. And uh, so all of them, including Carmen, Maggot, and Gambit, go. But Archangel gets left behind because he's already getting picked up by the uh, the Nazis on their way out. Which and- I had a little bit of an issue with because, like, in other books I've re- read over the years, like, he should be, like, the strongest one. He would have healed by now. He would have healed by now. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Was this intentional? It could be. It could I be. feel like it has to be because he should be able to brutally wipe people out. Because he, Archangel. Like, like, I imagine at this point they've put a mutant inhibitor on him so he can't. But, like, I feel like he would have healed faster than that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, bef- I feel like he would have healed before they could have gotten something on him. But, Agreed. Yeah. But, the plot needs to do what the plot needs to do. Oh, sure. Yeah. So he's being, <clears throat> he's in a, basically a casket and strapped down and being uh, wheeled into a, a facility. We we don't know where we are uh, and we don't know who these two characters are, but he's like, the, the, it's a man and a woman and they look kind of creepy themselves. They look a little bit demonic themselves. And he says, get out of here to the hired help and leave us with our 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 mutant. I think our our guests here would like to talk to him. And what do we see? But we see an alternate reality, Maddie, in the ultimate Goblin Queen form. I believe this is like from one of the. I think this is from like X Men Blue or something. Oh, okay. But it's from a um an alternate reality, of. Of. 616 and this is what maddie yeah. was in that alternate i don't even know if it was a six i think this was alternate reality of limbo i think this is an alternate limbo reality because okay. there's so many limbos i, I think if, if i remember correctly yes i think this is the ultimate goblin queen of limbo and if in that dragging behind her if i remember correctly is a twisted version of nightcrawler mm, okay and she says can the one true goblin queen finally come out and play and she's for those who haven't read it yet, you should read it. The art is incredible. She's true Goblin Queen. She's got demon wings and horns and cat like like hooved legs and like yep. scary as hell. And again, and, you think that's where the book would end. You think that's where the book would end, but no, because it was kind of honestly, kind of like really hardcore, like you kept saying. So then we get this light little backup story that well, takes also, place. Go ahead. They put the X there, and then they give you the stuff. Of other books coming out. Like yeah, they the basically give you the final, and then there's like a little bumper at the end. Yeah. Um, and it this is a week in the life of Alex Summer tr- trying to get the uh the, em- the <sighs> embassy together. And, and so, so this is before this is before the story. Oh yeah, this is one week after the founding of Limbo, which happened during Dark Web. So yeah, this is in our world. What like a year ago now? I don't know. Probably yeah. <clears throat> so in their world, like probably like a month ago. Um, and so Monday, Alex is meeting with uh, She Hulk, they're doing paperwork. Maddie comes in with the arm of uh, Borgus the Wretched, who was trying to have an uprising. And Alex again is like, We talked about being less violent. And oh, the narration, <laughs> and the nar- narration is going over this is that Alex is in search of a purpose. Yes, he's always struggled with his identity and he's always struggled to let love in which are key characteristics of alex summers 
Um, and so then we go to Tuesday and he's, you know, meeting, he's on the phone with the mayor, which I think is Luke Cage. Is the mayor Luke Cage? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> he calls him Luke and I assume that's what that meant. But because um, Kingpin tried to take over the world again. So they had to get a new mayor, which is why Kingpin sought asylum in the Hellfire Gale. Yeah, that's a, a whole other yeah. thing. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so on Tuesday, Alex is trying to smooth things over with the mayor. Happy when Azazel and M-Plate come in, and Azazel's basically like, uh, Nightcrawler used magic once to bar me from all the fucking hell realms. So every now and then when I hear there's a new ruler in, like Madeline, I come in and I try to do my schmooze and I try to see if I can get in. Is Maddie around? Can I ask? And he's like, also, my friend Mplate here, he's he owes he owes I, I did a big favor for the St. Croix family a long time ago. So he owes me one. I'm like, what the fuck is this now? <laughs> like now I'm like super intrigued by what the fuck that is. Um, and so Maddie appears and he starts sucking up to Maddie. And Maddie's like, Oh, honey, let me deal with this to Alex. And why don't you go make this application you were talking about? That seems that seems real hard. Why don't you go do that? And so then we cut to Wednesday and that's when he's meeting with zero and then he meets with Fantasia. Then he meets with solar and then fatal, which is another X-Force character. He goes back with then the Fenner's twins show up and he's like, hell no. Yeah. We'll get to that later. <laughs> and then, then a poor, a poor little which also soul. means the other book would have happened first, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then this poor little soul comes out. No, cause this is right after they haven't been in the pit yet. This is, Oh, yes, yeah, been... a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and so then he meets this little boy named Todd who's like, I'm not a mutant. I just, my parents don't understand me, man. And Alex is like, here's the number to my therapist, but you can't stay here. Then the ladies mastermind just want to come hang out with uh, Maddie. Then we got Infectia, who's a, another, I believe, X-Force character. Like an old, old X-Force character. I think like... um. Oh no, maybe it was X Factor. I think I think it's like a I think this is a Wheezy character. Okay. Um, and Alex is then like, who the f- are who are you? And then we have Kangaroo, a fucking Spider-Man villain, which is how we get to this little cutaway scene of Maddie visiting Chasm. Ben, oh my god, his name just flew out of my head. Ben Riley. Riley, thank you, Ben Riley, the clone of Spider-Man the person that helped cause dark web with Madeline. And he's basically recapping dark web for us saying, Maddie, you got what you wanted. You got all your fucking memories back. I didn't get shit. You took off and you left me here. And Maddie's like, yeah. Is, yeah. It's also addressing the criticism of that story. Cause people did say, well, how come like we were talking about, like how come they didn't just do the same thing that Jean and Madeline did? Like they're kind of addressing that issue. They are kind of addressing that issue. And like, you know what? Because Wells didn't think of it, whatever. I don't know. Sometimes characters get done dirty. He's talking to Madeline Webb. She's been, I mean, Madeline Webb, Madeline Pryor. She's been fucking dead more than she's been alive. Like, anyway. Um, and so he basically recaps that. And she says, listen, you're living here on my courtesy. That could change at any moment. And she storms away. On also Thursday, a screw up and they can use any moment. Yeah. On Thursday, we get, um, basically a cutaway to telling people to go read a book called Marvel's Voices Pride Edition, which I do have. I haven't read it yet, but it's a bunch of X-Men stories, so I do yeah. want to read it. Friday is family dinner and a 
Gene and Scott are there. Maddie's not there yet. And Alex, and, and he's like, Scott's like, you know, you could just come back. Maybe this isn't right for you. And like, basically, please, brother, get away from Maddie. I don't, this makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah, not a good influence. <laughs> and Alex is like, no, she needs me. I'm doing great work here. I'm really happy. Oof, Meanwhile, yeah. she's cutting a deal with Sim while Belasco holds up the table that they're using to cut this deal on. Deep cut. Deep. And again, you're welcome for not going into this. And then we get to Saturday <laughs> where Alex is in a hot tub in limbo, trying to relax from all that stress when Maddie should burst onto the scene with guts in, in intestines hanging off of her. And then she just magics them all away and lays down with Alex and he tries to talk with her. And she's like, I just need comforting silence from you right now. Shh, just comforting silence. And then she's like, but you are one of my subjects too. And you deserve my time. And so we'll do something romantic tomorrow. And so on Sunday, she and Havoc, uh, get dressed up and they go try to fight off uh, Borg's Borgus's the wretched's uh, another coup attempt. Alex is not quite happy with this, but Maddie says, show me you love me. Go rip his arms off for me. And that's all he needed. He just needed a purpose and Maddie gives him one and off he goes five out of five X's no notes. Can I have the rest <laughs> of this miniseries now? I love it. Um, Four, four and a half X's. I give four and a half X's. Um, That's the coward's rating. <laughs> I will say, I have a quick theory. Real quick. Uh, I think either A, Alex is dead. Either was or is currently dead. Well, he just got stabbed through the neck, so. Yes, and there's no resurrection. There's magic. There's but magic. hell magic. Limbo Demon magic. magic. Mm-hmm. I you think notice Alex the expressions on his face pup. when he smiles. Yes, it doesn't feel natural. Alex was never this much, and I don't and like I using will... the word. Okay. No, don't use it. Don't use it. Pick a different word if you're not going to want to use the word. Well, it's multiple words, but like I don't want to use it not as offensive, but because like it's just a modern word kids use now. Okay, uh, go for simp. it. I don't know. Oh, simp. okay, okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah. Uh, like he's very much simping for madeline prior that but the level is never done i i don't i don't know if that's necessarily true because yeah. in hellions he was this he was pretty bad yes and in the original inferno which you refuse to let me talk about <laughs> um he was to to quote i guess the kids simping pretty hard yeah for, for maybe but he I, is I, he is head over heel and i will say this i I'm nervous because I don't really like the way she's treating him. And I don't, I don't, I think it's out of character for her, honestly. Like, yeah, I don't think it's out of character to manipulate him, but I think it's out of character for her to do it this ruthlessly. Yeah. I think she's using him 100%. But also, I wouldn't be shocked if he's already died before and she just was resurrecting him himself. Like, he's like a, a oh, zombie puppet. Yeah. I could see that being 100% the case. And it would not shock me if it is. Yeah. So now that we've covered that crazy adventure of Dark X-Men, I want to do justice for Uncanny Avengers. Now that I've someone... been silenced. They've now been that silenced. I've been silenced. <laughs> I want to do justice for Uncanny Avengers because I'm a huge fan of yeah, the previous think, yeah. incarnation of Uncanny Avengers. And it's Avengers. a big book. I mean, this is... It's a big book, is... yeah. Yeah, I think this is a little bigger than your standard book, honestly. Definitely. for an, It's an issue one, yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to do it justice. So I think we're going to put a pin in it for now. 
and next episode we'll finally cover the last two issues of x-men red and uncanny avengers and if we have time for anything else we'll keep you posted but for now we're gonna do those three issues so if you guys have any concerns if you're now pissed off because you felt lied to because you've listened to this whole episode thinking you're getting uncanny avengers and you're not if you're pissed off where can they find specifically josh if you're pissed off and you want to find specifically me, I wish you wouldn't, <laughs> but you could. Um, I'm on Blue Sky at Experian. Yeah, that's right. I've not. I don't know how long I'm going to be on the other one, so I'm not even going to give it anymore. Yeah, at Experian on Blue Sky. You can also send us an email, like our homie Shea did, and we're at Krakoa. Real confidence there. <laughs> I failed on that one. My bad. Um, <laughs> we're, we can be reached at uh, Krakoa Radio at Gmail and if they want to talk to you specifically about the inflammatory things you've had to say and, and about you silencing me during the Dark X-Men book, where can they find <laughs> you? You can find me at Madman3005. Uh, and and also listeners, another note, you're welcome. Nick, Nick would like you to know, and I would like you to know that you're welcome that I was silenced because otherwise this would be well over two hours long. A hundred and ten percent. I'm sure... We'll get those callbacks and upcoming issues of Dark X-Men. Oh, we will. But guys, do not forget, coming soon, the multi-part 100th episode of this fantastic podcast, and we'll be covering the entire Phoenix Saga. And when I say entire, I mean comics, I mean animated episodes, I mean the two movies. We are covering it all. We'll have special guests of our life partners with us, maybe. We'll have fun activities for everyone so if you guys have questions about specifically about the phoenix Ooh, saga yeah. or things in that era shoot please us an email yeah, yeah send us an email any questions you have things specifically you want us to touch on maybe please talk to us about it and you never know might have one or two surprises for our big hundredth episode we might we might not we might not even have our own significant others on i anything's possible it could just be us which is that's fine too. You've that's, all been listening for almost a hundred episodes now, and it's yeah. only been us. So thank you guys so much, and do what others have apparently been doing, and grabbing the closest person next to you and saying, "Listen to the Dawn of X podcast." And they say, "What's Dawn of X?" And they're like, "It's an X Men." And they're like, "What's an X Men?" And it's like, "It's a comic, you fool." And then you say, "Wolverine." And they go, "Oh, okay, Wolverine." Do that. Do I'm all not, of that. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to bother this time. Like, don't bother. Land so plane. until then, until you have now shaken a random person, we will see you next time.